Hello dreamers and welcome back to Living the Dream. If you haven't yet, please hit subscribe on our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Living the Dream 506. My guest today is one of my favorite musicians of all time. From Fat Jeebus, Cher, Fussy Part, Force Fields, the Olympic Symphonium, and now his new project, Some Dads, whose new self-titled album is out now. Please give it up for Nick Cobham. Nick Cobham. Is it Cobham? Yep, Cobham. Nick Cobham. So Some Dads, that's the current project, but it, all the other projects, you got a bunch of other projects on the go. What are uh, Olympic Symphonium, Force Fields? Yeah, those would be the two other major ones. Um, uh, Heat and Lights is one band I play with too, but we haven't, yeah. played, we haven't played shows in a really long time, uh, but we're hoping to get back into it when shows are a thing again uh hopefully yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, what about uh older projects any ever any talk about bringing back like any share or fat Jeebus or anything like that uh share we did we did like a 10-year reunion show with share uh last year i believe uh because forward music was doing like a retrospective event where uh share performed a whole album and Olympic Symphonium performed our first album in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was super fun, but it was like just a one-off show. And uh, I mean, it was super fun to do. I, I doubt, I can't see us share ever touring again. It's been talked right. about, it's been talked about a little bit, but with Andrew being in Montreal, like it's, it's extremely hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and with fat, fat Jeebus, I mean, we, we've joked about that a few times. Uh, Cause we, I mean, 
we love that band and playing in that band. Um, Ryan, our drummer, is in Newfoundland right now. If he ever makes it back here, who knows, man? We could probably play some shows if we wanted to. Bring back the fun. That'd be awesome. <laughs> you guys ever talked about like covering it with some dads or anything like that? Uh, no, actually, that'd be pretty funny. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Oh, the thought hasn't even crossed my mind. That's amazing. <laughs> that would be it, so fucking awesome. It would probably sound completely different in a weird way. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a cover technically, so yeah. Oh yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. What was I gonna say? I was gonna talk about Fat Jeeves a little bit because I just remember those like the good old days at Evolve and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's when I first was exposed to Fat Jeeves because. When I was young, I wasn't in Fredericton or St. John, really. So the only time I really saw live music was at, during the festival scene. Yeah. And I was like, when I was first exposed to like Fussy Part. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember. Way back at Evolve, Fussy Part played. And it was right during a crazy fucking storm. Oh, man. Yeah. Crazy. And you guys were playing, I think it was Dog Food Thumb. I think you <laughs> ended with. Yeah. And it, and it could have been a bunch of things in my head going on at the same time, but it seemed like just as soon as you guys played your last note, a fucking lightning bolt just <laughs> hit the festival and just exploded. And you're like, run for cover. And then the whole crowd just dispersed. And it was one of the coolest experiences ever.
that uh, show comes up in conversation quite a lot, actually. It's pretty funny. We've had people tell us they were positive that we conjured that storm that yeah. night. <laughs> and, That's the way I felt, too. Yeah, And, man, I remember, like, within seconds, that stage was flooded. We had to move all the gear to the back of the stage because it was, it was, like, in like this on the, in the middle of the stage. So it just all pooled right in the center there. And, yeah, it was crazy. It was nuts. That was one of the that heaviest. Was. That was one of the heaviest rainstorms I've ever been in. <laughs> that was one of the heaviest shows I've ever seen. <laughs> Just all around. Yeah. Well, man, that was one of my favorite shows. We do make say think played right after that. Yep. And uh, well, they they're one of my favorite bands, so I was extremely pumped that <clears throat> night. Yeah, I think Sorry. you posted about them recently. <laughs> yeah, they're like, yeah, you know, those Facebook posts that are going around about albums, influential albums. Yeah. Um, I could say that probably that all of their albums are extremely influential to me but yeah they're just a great band they're they're the band that really got me into playing like instrumental guitar music that style which eventually led obviously to stuff that i would i was writing for fussy part yeah. and then and then eventually force fields but yeah that that band just completely changed me really cool band yeah why did you guys change the name like obviously marketability but like it almost seems like a decision like that would come with the decision to try to really go somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I guess, I guess it, it's, it was obviously a joke name for one. Right. Um, and there was back in the day, like some sort of interest coming to the band. Uh, and that we even had a label tell us once, like, you know, we would sign you if you didn't have that name. <laughs> <laughs> and we just kind of stupidly said oh well who cares we're not changing the name and then years later we eventually did change the name just because i think we all just kind of maybe i don't right. know I, I don't really understand can't really recall the actual circumstances for changing the name but i do remember tim walker suggesting force fields because he just i think he thought that it would just perfectly describe the band right and, and as soon as we heard it we were like oh yeah that's actually a pretty cool name yeah, what label was it? Can you say? Oh, I don't even remember their name, but they're from uh, like out west in, in uh, like Saskatchewan. Yeah, I think even if I did know their name, I probably wouldn't say it. But <laughs> right, um, uh, and they had some really cool bands on on their label that we liked. And but yeah, they uh, they obviously thought that we weren't taking it too seriously. That's too bad. Right. <laughs> yeah, like were you guys taking it seriously? Like I've always wondered this with every band you've been a part of to mm. be honest and like grand theft bus all of these bands that are not just local awesome but seriously internationally awesome you guys have like different iterations have toured in europe and stuff like that mm. and these bands are not just local awesome these are bands that could really go somewhere and i always wondered why you guys never made that leap like was it a conscious decision or you know what i mean it's it's hard man it's a hard business to really get into and and survive and thrive really i mean yeah we could we could try and i think we did try years ago like to play as much as we could and tour as much as we could you know with going over to europe a few times and really trying to make a go at it but like and sure those tours are fun but were we coming back with a lot of money no were we no were we selling tons of records not really i mean we it got the word out about the band 
the bands a bit, but in order to to really make a go at it, you you literally have to probably just quit everything else to to really get it going. And I mean, we've all like consistently had jobs while we're playing in these bands. You know, it's because they're the bands themselves don't pay the bills, unfortunately. Yeah. And so I would say there was a few years where we were really trying, but. I don't know, man. You can only do so much. <laughs> yeah. Families and stuff like that. Like you, well, most yeah. of you guys have kids. Yeah. We're all like pretty much everybody I play with is, 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 is a dad. Dads. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Hence the name. Yeah. So yeah, it's just real life is, is, is always there. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's always been a topic of conversation with like everybody that is a fan because yeah. everybody knows how talented you guys all are. And the, even the recordings like the albums you guys put out are mastered flawlessly mm. like it's it's professional yeah but, and like you said it, it is a tough business to crack it just yeah you almost you do have to sort of just give up everything and i'm sure if you guys did that the end result after maybe 10 years would be a successful touring band but i mean hey that's that's nice that's to say. risk <laughs> I, I'm not the only one that says it. <laughs> I, w- I would like to think that that would be the case, um, but I think it's, I mean, it's not too late now, but I mean, it's, yeah. I feel like the, uh, that period is, is over. We're still playing in tons of bands and, and, uh, and we still take it super seriously, especially when it comes to recording, like, like recording, being in the studio with friends and, and making music in, and experimenting in the studio is like, uh, it's the, one of the funnest things you could do for me anyway. And we take that super seriously. And especially when it comes to like making a product, like a, a whole piece, like I like to think that the albums that we record, depending on what bands it is, I mean, uh, they're, they're cohesive. They're like a piece. And I like to think of them as a whole piece of art, you know, like it's not just a bunch of songs come together. When you listen to it, I, I'd like to hope that, people walk away thinking like, Oh, that was a, an experience listening to that album. So we definitely yeah. take that. We definitely take that part of it extremely seriously. Yeah. The, the first, the some dads EP, uh, come hither is that what it was called? Yeah. Come hither. I think I found that had a very cohesive feel to it. Yeah. Those songs were written in a really short time together. And at the time it was just the three of us. And, uh, actually that one was recorded in a weird way, Tace and I did our parts together, like guitar and bass together. Then I recorded vocals and then we later brought in Bob. <laughs> so he didn't even have drum parts for those songs, but like we were just really becoming a band at that point. Had, hadn't played any shows. So it was just like, Hey Bob, why don't you sit behind the drums and see what you can come up with for these? <laughs> it was pretty cool. Don't get to do that that often. Right. How important is Bob on drums for all these projects? Oh, he's, he's a monster. He's, uh, he's very important. You know, we, uh, yeah, I, I feel a definite, uh, musical kinship, kinship with that guy. So, and I, he's always surprising you. It's, it's some of my favorite moments are being on stage with Bob and he just does something in a song you've played, you know, 40 times and he does something once that's just completely brand new and, and ridiculous. And the yeah. rest of us, the rest of us just look at each other going like, where where'd that come from how did you do that and he will never do it again that's that's the craziest thing i almost get the feel sometimes from him that he's trying to like screw the rest of the band up as like a just a goof you know what i mean yeah it that's uh 
that's part of it for sure. <laughs> but it's uh, it's that's fun though. It keeps you on your toes, right? So yeah, no, he's he's an incredible drummer. He he's definitely a huge backbone in all these projects. Oh yeah, and I can remember the first time seeing Grand Theft Bus. You know, in what like '99 or 2000, right? And and immediately he's the guy you're focused on just going like okay what's going on here who's this guy so shirtless yeah <laughs> who's the, who's this shirtless guy with the super long dreads i don't know if you were saw, i don't know if you saw them when he had the long dreads but oh yeah back in like <laughs> he used to play in like st andrews and stuff that i was only 14 years old like when i first saw them i think okay and yeah that was it was just incredible yeah yeah game changer for sure. When did you when did you guys meet? Like when did you meet that crew? It was probably around like 2000 like yeah. start cuz I would have been playing starting to play a lot with Fat Jeebus here in Fredericton around this like at the cellar a lot. And you know, they were always playing there uh and you know bands like Melonworks. Oh yeah. Um Flying Boat. All these bands and you know, you just you end up playing together or you just go see each other play all the time. And it was, especially the cellar at that time, it was like literally the place to be. Right. And uh, so you're just always seeing each other. And then eventually you just start a little friendship with all the bands and next thing you know, everybody's trading members and <laughs> yeah, forming other bands. Did you like, when did you first jump in with Grand Theft Bus? And like, I know you were doing like uh, harmony vocals every now and then and stuff like that. Like I saw you guys, I think you were wearing a fucking mask in your underwear at Shoreline one year. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got pictures of that somewhere here. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were just playing together enough that I... They asked me to sing on Made Upwards. I, I was on a few tracks on that. Yeah, like so, Automatic. It's an honor to be here What we It eventually just stemmed from that because I, I was on that album and then we did a bunch of shows uh, around that time to tour that album and I you know I was just kind of always around so if if I was available and playing the shows with them with another band then um, uh, it was easy to just get up on stage and, and join them but yeah yeah it was fun I'm glad to get to sing anytime I get to sing with the Walker Brothers is a good time yeah for sure what a crazy brother duo oh yeah they're amazing they and they're just when they sing together it's just perfect yeah it's for that, sure it's that blood harmony you know that <laughs> nothing sounds better than two two guys or two two girls who are siblings singing together yeah now they kill it yeah um was Fajibus your first band uh yeah pretty much first original band um i used to play back in the day pat and i from Fajibus played in Groove Therapy. Do you remember Groove Therapy? I do. I yeah. do. With Ozzy and uh, Andrew Butler. Yeah. And Derek Arsenault. And we just, you know, pretty much glorified dead cover band. Yeah. We'd cover like, the, we did quite a few fish tunes. And then every once in a while we'd do this like Medeski Martin and Wood and stuff like that. And right. Just, you know, and that was like, 
being in that band was this huge learning experience because it was just like hey let's just get up there learn these tunes but then also let's jam out for 20 minutes in between and and yeah. see where it, see where it goes so it was de- it was definitely a lesson in like improvising on stage with other guys <clears throat> and uh yeah I'm, I'm very grateful i got to play in that band because learned learned a lot and then took what i learned in that band and definitely um you know use that for fat jeebus when we started writing and performing with that band yeah how much of your music is improv like during the live shows these days like none yeah <laughs> that's what i was wondering yeah a long time ago it was like probably half or more <laughs> <laughs> the good uh, old days yeah but then that, like even in fat jeebus like we started out just pretty much improvising or we would have a riff and let's let's just play that riff that we had in practice and see where it goes in the show you know right we had a lot more balls back then i think yeah <laughs> uh but but even in that band like eventually that band just kind of stopped jamming and we were writing trying to write like tight songs that had cool structures and cool ideas and every once in a while we'd play maybe an older song that we could still explore a bit but yeah then eventually it just became no jams at all funny with like eventually the fussy part in horse fields um people would assume that we were jamming but those right. songs are like those songs are written yeah there might be some parts that sound like we're just goofing off but we play those parts the same every night you know yeah it's funny like oh, you guys are just up there jamming like no man <laughs> we wrote it like that <laughs> yeah well if you know music like some of those i guess you'd call them riffs but they're like 16 or 32 bars long where like if you don't know where you're going with it yeah that it it does seem like it's made up on the spot for a for the crowd because it's just a real trancey riff and then something will something will change real quick and then it comes back to normal and it goes on for like a couple minutes Mm -hmm. so if you don't if you don't know exactly where the counts are 
which I don't think anybody but the band does. <laughs> it, it is that like the hooks that really grab you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I would. Sometimes we don't even know where we are, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I like that aspect of the music though. I like I like seeing bands like that where uh, you get lost in what they're doing. And yeah. even though you know they have it planned out, or maybe they don't, but you know <laughs> what they what they're doing is meticulous, and you're left in the crowd, either trying to figure out where you're going to bob your head, or yeah, or you just can't bob your head, so you just enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. What was your like uh, first exposure to improv, and then also like real strict off off time signature music? You know what I mean. Mm. Well, I don't know. I guess like, actually, the first show I ever really played, it was with Pat Lewis and Andrew Butler and Clinton Charlton from St. John. Do you know Clinton? Nope. He's like, he's a singer songwriter, also a drummer in a lot of bands. Plays with like Jessica Ray. Oh, cool. Um, but the first show I ever played was with those three guys. And we did like an hour long set, but we only really played two songs. Right. I forget what songs they were, but it was like two fish songs. So we started with one, we jammed for like 45 minutes into the next one. But that 45 minute jam in the middle was like my first real like, all right, let's get up on stage and just do it. <laughs> and that was like, get walking off that stage. I was like, yeah, I could do this for, for a long time. Um, and then eventually getting into the weirder stuff, I would say it's probably when we started doing Fussy Part. Um, yeah. You know, Fat Jeebus would do a couple weird time things here and there, but it mostly came from like more of a jazz thing. Like, let's try to do a like a, a weird 70s jazz fusion funk thing right. and maybe add an odd timing in there. And then Fussy Parts completely off that. It's not jazz fusion. <laughs> yeah. But just working with those guys in that band, like everybody's coming up with weird ideas. So, and I felt like there's probably a, a period where we were trying to outdo each other on the weirdness, you know? <laughs> I felt that. Yeah, like someone brings in a riff and we all just look at him going like, what is that? Like, what are we supposed to do with that? <laughs> so you work on I mean, it long You work on it long enough and eventually it turns into something. You're like, oh wow, yeah. we did it. Cool. <laughs> yeah, like what, what were you listening to that was progressive back then that would influence Fussy Part? Well, I was starting to get into that Do Makes a Think band. Uh, yeah. Probably like a lot of tortoise, um, sea and cake kind of stuff. Uh, I was listening to quite a bit of jazz. Um, yeah, I don't know. We were just, uh, I was trying to get my hands on anything to listen to at that point. That was like a pretty formative time just for, it was like, you know, it was around the time where like you're downloading a lot from the internet. It was like yeah. LimeWire or just finding torrents and stealing a lot of music <laughs> yep <laughs> um and then the internet really just opened up the amount of music that you could hear right whereas before i would be going to backstreet or to a record store and just buying a cd and usually trying to buy something that i knew of or i might have heard of or somebody told me about but and then you start around that time too probably listening to like more electronic music you know starting to get into you know square pusher and uh Aphex Twin, who are, and those guys are just completely out of it, right? Hmm, yeah. So, and I think, that, and I know Bob for sure, who is like, listens to more electronic than I ever had. But back then when we were starting to play together for Fussy Part, uh, Bob was definitely listening to a ton of electronic stuff and uh, stuff that I'd probably never even heard of. 
And uh, so that was a big influence for the band too, really was a bit of the electronic stuff. You can hear it a bit on that, on the Ben EP, the first EP we did. It's yeah. got a bit, it's got a bit more of an electronic tinge to it, even though it's all organic, mostly organic instruments. Yeah. So that's where most of that influence comes from was Bob probably. Yeah, I would say, I mean, we were all kind of listening to that kind of music, but the, I think the project mainly Bob's to begin with, I think Bob and Kyle and, uh, and Bob's always writing stuff that is electronic and that he sends out and eventually do get turned into uh, force fields tunes. Um, but yeah, I think that was kind of where that band was headed at the, in the start. I was like, let's see what we can do with, with, with maybe the odd keyboard or like uh, a synth line that's already patched in like on his computer. He used to use his laptop all the time back in the day when we were playing uh, and have it sync up, synced up with his drumming. But we don't do that anymore, unfortunately. No. <laughs> so when did Olympic Symphonium come to come to the world? That was probably like mid 2000s, I think like 2006 or seven. Yeah. Like I know Graham wanted to, he just had a bunch of songs that weren't obviously going to be Grand Theft Bus songs. And uh, he knew Kyle had some songs as well. And that Kyle played upright bass. Um, so the two of them wanted to start a project and Kyle and I were living together at the time. And he had probably heard some songs that I had just from like sitting around the house, strumming away that actually didn't fit into anything I was doing too, or any other band I was playing in. So I think Kyle had the idea to ask me to join. And then, uh, yeah, next thing you know, we have an acoustic folk band (laughs) (laughs) that's completely different from uh, any of the other bands we were doing at the time, uh, which is a, a, a band I love. And like, I don't know, I think we've been, somewhat successful you know we got a little yeah. bit of a little bit of a fan base and like i said that that's that's definitely a project where the albums for me are like the main focus i feel like our <clears throat> albums have definitely been progressing and uh, getting better every time we we go into the studio and record so i'm excited to see where that band's gonna gonna go i mean we don't play often once again you got three dads in the band Right. You got our, you know, Kyle lives in Halifax and he's busy running a label and playing with hundreds of other people. So, uh, yeah. but I think we might not play all the time, but we will definitely always keep recording. I think that's the main thing is like get a new batch of songs and just go bat them out in the studio and do some experimenting, see what happens. Yeah.
How did the Fuse Orchestra thing come to light? Well, playing with them, that was uh, uh, Greg Harrison's idea because that's his project. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's mainly his project. I'm not sure how they started, but so he does the the Fuse Festival here every summer yep. uh, up at UMB, which is sort of like avant-garde, classical, experimental music festival. And he asked had asked us, I think he asked us a few years ago and we couldn't do it for some reason. Uh, and eventually we got to do it last year and it's just super fun. Like we just kind of send them what songs we want to play. We, and we kind of catered to them a little bit. We kind of picked songs that were a bit more sparse. 
so that they have more room to play. Uh, and then they just kind of improvise over our stuff and play in all the holes. And nice. it's really cool because Greg always has a bunch of percussion stuff set up. And we had another upright bass player and clarinet, violin and cello. And just we just say literally probably just said, do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> just go crazy. The crazier, the better. So th they had they would have some ideas and play a bit with us. But the best parts I found were when they got to get really out there <laughs> and we would create a bit of space for them. And man, yeah, I loved it. It just got weird enough, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Was that show recorded? We did record one of them. Yeah. Um, I think we had like three different recordings. Like I know Dennis had a room mic set up and I think there was a mic on stage set up. And I think eventually we will try to put at least some of the mics together and see, see if it's something we could release. Yeah. That's what I, I think, was wondering. Yeah. I think it would definitely, I think people would like to hear it. Unfortunately, I, unfortunately I think unfortunately there was only like, you know, 30 or 40 people there in the, in Mem Hall, <laughs> but it was enough for us. We had fun. Yeah. yeah I, I've checked archive a couple times just to see if it ever pops up, but it, like, a, that's why I wanted to ask you if you'd ever release it. Cause I'd love to hear it again. Yeah. I haven't, uh, I haven't really heard the recordings, but I know it's something we've talked about is <clears throat> hopefully we can get it out soon or even just a few bits and pieces of it. Like yeah. maybe not, maybe not the whole show, but, Try to get exactly. a bit up. Yeah. So then after that, when did some dads come about and like, how did it, how did it come? Uh, well, probably like about five years ago, I was just really itching to kind of rock out on stage again a little bit. Right. And, and I just started writing. I had like a bunch of riffs that eventually turned into songs that, there was no way there were going to be symphonium songs and uh, they couldn't be force fields because we don't do vocals. So I just thought, Hey, I should maybe get another band going. And in my head immediately, I was like, well, I want Bob on drums and I want to get taste McAvity on bass because taste used to play in fat Jeebus with me and taste. And I still like, we hang out as much as we can. Well, not right now, unfortunately, but uh, uh, right. we, we <laughs> You know, we were hanging out quite a bit and it was just like, hey man, you want to like, I got these songs, you want to, you know, play bass on them and maybe eventually start a band? And he was like all for it. So, so we, like I said, we were writing, I had just those three songs to begin with. We went in and recorded, had put out a little EP, but as soon as it was out, I was like, oh, we need another guitar player because I feel like we're missing something. And I've always loved playing with Steve Dunn and he's just got the perfect, like, sensibilities for writing the most perfect parts you could ever want <laughs> uh, yeah he's just he's just such a tasteful guitar player and he always does the right thing even though even though it like you know, it might seem weird at when i first hear it and then as soon as we start playing it playing a song i'm like oh yeah no of course you just did the most perfect thing you could put over that song so finally we had him and uh then i was like oh yeah, yeah this is a band now i feel I feel good about this. So it took a few more years to actually get enough tunes to like even play a show. <laughs> right. And, uh, and then once we had like eight new songs, I was like, we got to go record. Like, let's get, get another album out. <clears throat> we actually only had seven songs done. The, the song eight, I didn't have any lyrics for, but I had this whole piece written out 
and I think we had like rehearsed it a few times. And so I was just like, let's just record it in the studio and see what happens. And it eventually ended up turning out like, it's great. It's a cool, cool tune. But yeah. What so song is it? It's called Dirty Boy. Okay. It's near the end of the album. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I didn't have lyrics for it. I was, but I promised the guys, I was like, I'll have lyrics. Don't worry. Let's just, <laughs> just record the music and then worry about that later. So. Yeah, Stephen Dunn's parts are always just a little eerie and yeah. dark and just perfect, like real minimalist too. Like he sometimes he'll just play a flat note over the entire riff. Oh yeah, his 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 taste is definitely perfect for the for the project. Yeah, I love it, and he could be weird too. Like some, like his guitar part in the first track, Crown, like at the first start half of the song he's just kind of playing really sparsely and you almost never know when he's going to come in and then yeah. eventually near the end he's doing this weird like descending and ascending thing that seems like it's never going to catch back up to itself and it's <laughs> and it's so off time with everything else like it's just perfect such a weird 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 uh, guitar player but i love it yeah definitely it definitely complements your style too like you do the same thing i find in like force fields with just the eerie mm-hmm eerie riffs you know what i you know what i mean yeah yeah i know i love i love playing with steve <laughs> yeah definitely um and you mentioned some dads is because force fields doesn't do lyrics but fussy part had that one song near you mm-hmm. so and so i guess my question is last year at Paddlefest, you guys brought back dog food thumb <laughs> is there ever any potential to bring back near you <laughs> uh i doubt it <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we did bring it back randomly. I mean, a really long time ago when we had stopped playing it. Uh, I think we brought it back once just for shits and giggles, but we actually had two songs with lyrics. The first song we ever recorded together, like in a studio was something we did at the center for arts and technology here in Fredericton. Uh, what was that called? It's called long enough was the song. Okay. And I think yep. you can, you can find it online somewhere. Um, yeah, Steve Dunn was going to school there for audio engineering. And uh, so he needed some random projects to record. So we were like, oh, I have this song. Let's do that as a fussy part song. And we used to play it quite a bit back in the day. But, so we did have two yeah. songs. We did have two songs <laughs> with lyrics. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the Dog Food Thumb reprise was fucking awesome. <laughs> that's, <laughs> one of my, that's one of my favorite songs to play. Yeah. And honestly, what? man, we still like... I don't know if we've ever played it correctly. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, there's so many like off at like towards the end, you, everybody's getting like, dent, dent, dent. yeah, I always get that part wrong. Always. <laughs> I've, we've, we've gone over it so many times, like, <laughs> and I always think I have it. And then when we go to perform it at a show, it, it always falls apart for me there. Yeah. That's maybe, fucking awesome though. Maybe no, maybe nobody notices, but <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. I've never noticed because I don't know what the fuck's supposed to be played at that time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we're 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 trying to play it exactly how it's played on the album, but yeah. it never happens. <laughs> What's the where'd the name come from for Dog Food Thumb? The song titles are always just random stuff that somebody says. Really? Yeah. I think we even there was a time where we had like we each wrote a song, and. So we had five brand new songs to come together for and write and work on. And none of them had names. So we just found this like random name generator 
<laughs> that was just pop up two two random words together, and those that's how we got song titles. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> no meaning, no meaning whatsoever. No. Yeah, like one was Mist Candy. Yeah. One one was uh, track. One Bob had a tune called Reemphasizing Bingo, which we only ever played <laughs> once. Uh, what else was there? Erased Dwarf was another one. The robot milk. Um, robot milk was one, and and bonus cats. Yep, bonus cats is a fucking awesome song. <laughs> yeah, I love that tune. That's another one that we never really play. It's always like, like it's it's got a cool feel and a, and a, it really like it, it's laid out nicely when I hear it. But when we anytime we've ever tried to perform it, I always feel like we we're lost and we don't know how to get what we did on the album. <laughs> like out on stage it's never really been conveyed properly i feel but the recording <laughs> on that album is is really good i think yeah
I fucking love it live. So I don't know if whatever you think you're missing, if that comes <laughs> out in the future, that'll be fucking awesome. Yeah, we should revisit that tune because it's cool. Yeah, it's a cool one. I think the first time I heard it was at uh, Folly Fest. Oh, yeah. Maybe on the small stage. Yeah. I don't know if you remember. It's very specific, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was incredible. Cool. Thanks. Uh, I like that little burn stage. That's awesome. I love yeah. playing there. Definitely. So another song I want to talk about is from the new album, Fuck You, David Usher. <laughs> I would love to hear everything you have to say about that. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Well, the song really stems from two stories that are very true. Um, happened in Fredericton. And well, it's all there in the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. It's all there in the lyrics. I mean, the second verse, especially, it's like, it's all about Grand Theft Bus. They had a show. They were playing at the Upper Deck years ago. Yeah. And I, I wasn't there, so this is all secondhand, but I heard it from Bob himself, who they were playing, and David Usher shows up with his band, or I think, I don't think it was Moist. I think it was like he was doing a solo tour through town. And they show up, and he tried to go up on stage and like ask the guys, or he pretty much tell the guys that he wanted to play some songs with his band. And they eventually got to the point where Bob was like, while playing, screaming at him, saying like, fuck you, you're not doing that. <laughs> like, <laughs> get the hell out of here. Who do you think you are? Right. You know? So it, they literally stem from situations where he was, he was pulling the don't you know who I am card. You know what yeah. I mean? Right. And so it's just those stories have always existed. And I've heard other stories that people have had about him. It's just, it's so weird that I keep hearing random kind of shitty things about him. Right. And so I just thought it'd be funny to put it in a song. And then I, I don't even know if we had a title for that song. And then eventually I was like, you know what? I'm just going to call it. Fuck you, David Usher. And just, <laughs> just, see, just to see. And then people know right away who it's about. Why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm, sh- I'm sure there's more stories out there. And I don't want to tell other stories that I've heard because they're not my stories. But right. man, there's some doozies out there. I would love to hear every one of them. <laughs> uh, maybe next time I see you uh, not in podcast form, we'll, uh, we'll chat about it. <laughs> Perfect. I would love that. Um, one thing I love about that song, it, it might be my favorite song on the new album, is the during the verses, you start singing, and then almost on the second half of the verse, you, you drop a half step in the, in the vocal. Yeah. Like... And it just sounds so dissonant, but perfect. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know how I did it. I just, it's like, just the way it came out, I guess. Sometimes like when it, I, I don't, I don't know if it was intentional or. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's so perfectly, like, it's not like you're singing out of key because it's perfectly on. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not like a quarter step flat. It's a half step perfectly. Mm-hmm. And it just, it sounds so awesome. And I was just wondering where the idea came from, but if it was unintentional, I don't know. It just, I, I think really it was, love that. It was just the melody I had in my head. Like most of the time when I'm writing for me, like I'll, I just have the melody first and then I find lyrics to fit into the melody. So that was just obviously part of the melody that I needed or that I had. And I just needed to find the right words to go over it. But yeah, sometimes I don't even think about it, man. It's just like, yeah. So, I honestly, sometimes it's even just the first thing I, I, I sing over it. 
And I'm like, hey, that's all right. There's a melody. It's perfect. Let's not yeah. think too much. Let's not think it over too much. Let's just do it. And that, I'm pretty sure that was one of those times where it's just like, here's a melody. It works. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One charity show night. The dollar ticket price. Your entourage and you.
I think I've told you this before too. Like I've always been a force fields fan, but when some dads, I think the first time I, I've heard the EP and stuff, but the first time I saw you guys was at um, the Capitol for Harvest Jazz and Blues. Okay. And it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's another level compared to force fields in my opinion, where it just, I don't, I don't know if it's the lyrics or it's just the, it's almost genre defying. In, mm-hmm. If you ask me, like, I don't know if I've ever really heard a band sound like that. <laughs> like, and like you said, it, it's not something that you intended. It's just what happened and just kind of the feeling you go with. So it's almost like it's perfectly original in that it's not really influenced by anything. Am I wrong in saying that? Like, is some dad's influenced by anything really? Well, I mean, nothing I could pinpoint for sure. Um, I mean, I think at the time when I was writing, I was, I don't know. I think I just started hearing and getting into like XTC. I don't know if you ever listened to those guys. Nope. Um, just weird, angular, progressive pop music from late seventies, early eighties, super catchy, super catchy stuff, but sometimes just so weird and just, just like, why are they doing that? And I've always liked bands like that. And uh, I've always been listening to a lot of field music, which is another band that does that. They're super catchy, but could be really left field and out of nowhere, just keep changing it up. And, but not to say that the band is influenced by those things, but just bands like that are just, I'm always kind of listening to stuff like that. And it just is probably always rattling around my brain, but, but am I going specifically to try to write stuff like that? No, not really. I just like, I just write a bunch of riffs that eventually turn into songs and I feel like they have my sound, I guess. I don't know for sure. Um, So maybe it is the some dad sound, I I guess. Yeah, Yeah, it definitely is. We've, I've discussed it with my friends a, a bunch of times. Like we've all, felt the same way about some dads it's just purely nick cobham it's <laughs> it's original it's fucking progressive it's weird it's fucking awesome mm. i remember like one of the last shows we played i was texting with bob and i was just like man there was people like singing along up front and like we've only played a handful of shows yeah he, and i was like i don't know man I, I don't know why but people seem to like this band <laughs> yeah. and he was like well it's it's weird enough that you know, the weirdos in the crowd will like it and it's, and it's catchy enough that the normals in the crowd are going to like it. Yeah. (laughs) So he's like, I think maybe you've tapped into both worlds there. I was like, Oh, maybe I guess but that's weird. I never thought I'd be like that people would be singing along to those songs, but oh well. (laughs) Yeah. It is kind of funny. Like it, cause it does still have that real, I don't, I don't want to say dark, but just weird and different, Mm -hmm. which, which doesn't, translate usually to people coming to a show and singing along <laughs> yeah you know, you know what i mean yeah for sure yeah it's weird i like having a little bit of darkness in the in the music yeah for sure i've always been attracted to the darker side of music for sure whether it's yeah. just a sad a sad song in general or like dark music yeah it's just something i've always liked i'd much rather play a minor minor chord than a major chord right exactly <laughs> if, if given the choice yeah i think everybody has that sort of well like music is what is a crutch during hard times or Mm. so like that darkness that dark emotion is really when music flourishes Mm -hmm. so 
having a little bit of darkness, even in a, a real happy poppy song with just dark lyrics or vice versa, mm-hmm. happy lyrics with the dark riffs and stuff like that. It just, it's almost like it, it's innate in us to be drawn to those emotions. Yeah, I agree. And it's confusing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But in a good way. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you ever have any plans for like solo stuff? Do you ever play solo shows or anything like that? I used to years ago, but I, I honestly don't really enjoy it because no. maybe it's the, the feeling of being too exposed or something. Like, right. I'm, I always used to say like when I play solo shows, I feel like I'm up there with like, like my flies down on stage and people are <laughs> staring at my open zipper. Yes. And, yeah. <laughs> I just, it's a weird feeling. And maybe it's like, I, I need the crutch of having somebody else there just in case I make a mistake, then they'll, they'll make up for it or something. You know, it's just, I just enjoy right. playing. I just rather enjoy and play with other people on stage. Really. It's, it's been years since I played a solo show, I think. Yeah. Is there any other projects on the go or up top in the head that you want to sort of explore any other genres, I guess. I don't know, man. There's always ideas getting thrown about between other people or friends here and there, but nothing that's really uh, been solidified. I just love playing music, man. Like if any, if someone were to come up to me and say like, Hey, do you want to play in a, like a serious country band? I'd be like, yes, please. Like I, I would love to play like, super simple bass lines in a country band and sing harmonies. So yeah. if you know anybody that's looking for a country bass player, <laughs> let me know. I'll put the word out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to me- mention this. This is one of the first times I ever met you. It was fucking a long time ago at the Capitol. Mm. And I just thought it was so fucking funny. Like we were talking and then you kind of gave me a dirty look and you're like, fuck, your blood smells like AIDS. And then you just walked away. And we, never, <laughs> we never talked again that night. I was like, that was fucking perfect. Don't remember that at all. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know if that was like a catchphrase at the time. or No, I, I don't ever recall saying that ever. <laughs> and I definitely only ever, if I did say that, I only ever said it once. So <laughs> One off. Yeah, you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Um, are you playing a lot of music right now? Like writing a lot in quarantine? Um, trying to write. Yeah. Just coming up with stuff here and there, but, uh, I've been working like still, uh, but I just got recently laid off. So I'm going to be home with the kids a lot. Um, but there's going to be a lot of times where I'll, I'll just make sure they get plopped down in front of a TV or something while I go play a bit of guitar, you know? Nice. It'll be a good trade off. Yeah. Yeah. Do they play at all? Uh, we got a drum kit. Like I bought, uh, we got a kid size drum kit and my daughter's actually starting to bang on that quite a bit. Um, and I think my son's reaching the age now where he'll probably start getting interested in guitar. It's like, it's nothing I ever wanted to force on him. Right. But as soon as he says, Hey dad, I want to learn to play guitar. Then all right, buddy, here we go. (laughs) Yeah. Well, our, our sons are the exact same age. They were both born on the same day. Mm-hmm. And my son just started really taking an interest. Like over the last two years, I, I had a little acoustic for him, mm-hmm. taught him the chords, just the basics. And he just couldn't hold the strings in like typical yeah. oh, beginner hard, stuff and just didn't have any interest. He's kind of like me. If you're not good at it right away, so like, fuck this, I'm going to do something else. Yeah. But so this year gave him an electric guitar 
and now that he can hold the strings in, yeah, it's we're off to the races. He's he's really taking an interest in it. So that's why I was wondering about about your young yeah. fella. Yeah, is it the is it like a smaller size electric guitar? It's just a little Squire Strat. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's perfect for him. It's real heavy, but mm-hmm. he sit he can sit with it and he can play it. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like if I if I got my son, like you can get those smaller. Like little like kids, kids, kids size guitars. Little yeah, yeah, and uh, I feel like if I got him one of those and we were plugged in together, he would probably like it and, and enjoy it a lot more. But it's definitely the finger thing. Like anytime yeah. he's anytime he's tried to put his fingers on the frets, he's immediately like, "Wow, that hurts." Yeah, like, yeah. Exactly. Well, you, you'll get used to it, but <laughs> yeah, you have to get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't give up. <laughs> yeah, I taught him uh, free falling. Nice. Just just a simple little yeah couple chords and he's just gone Loves that's all you need that's all you need man that's just to start just once once the uh once the it's the itch gets scratched a little bit yeah, you're yeah. off to the races when did you start playing um probably when i was about like 16 ish 15 or 16 uh my uncle bought me a guitar and i eventually i was playing it a little bit here and there and really <clears throat> i really wanted to play guitar but i didn't quite know what i was doing like you know i'd have the guitar world magazines with some tabs and stuff and yeah classic yeah but it was mostly i would just sit in my room and listen to my albums and listen to the radio and just try to play along and yeah one thing led to another and then eventually in high school my first year of high school i got grounded for a month and uh so all i did was stay in my room and play guitar so that's that's where the first big leap happened yeah <laughs> Never did lessons or anything like that? No, not really. No, I had no. like, when I first got the guitar, I was, there was a guy in my community center that was a huge deadhead. And uh, Perfect. He would, I was just getting into the dead then, and he had a book of uh, dead songs with all the chords. And he was like, here, why don't you take that? And then I was learning stuff from that. And then we would kind of play together. He'd show me some chords. And, and I'd be like, oh, that's, that's how that goes. Oh, perfect. So that was like, that was the only really lessons that I had. Yeah. Nice. Um, I just got one more question for you, buddy. You wanted me to ask you if there would ever be any potential for like a force fields, Grand Theft bus, seamless, seamless, set. <laughs> seamless set, eh? <clears throat> Maybe you never know. I'd rather do a Grand Theft bus on the Pixymphonium seamless set. That'd be cool. <laughs> and easier for the the members to just, everybody just stay on stage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't, we like force fields and the bus, like, never really played together it's not like we had we've never we've never really shared that many bills together even though it seems like it's the easy thing to do yeah yeah but i don't know we'll see man you never know what's gonna happen once the bars open back up and we can play shows again hopefully soon that'd be fucking awesome yeah so you said you'd like to play a track for us um what what song did you decide on yeah i could well, I was going through all the songs off the Some Dads album, and I was like, none of these can get transferred to, like, acoustic, really. So I did find one. I will try playing it here. I don't think we're going to have much of a delay or anything. So, No, it sounds good, I think. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <clears throat> so this one is um, It's called Closing In. It's near the end of the album. Um, can you hear the guitar? Yeah, I can hear it. And I was honestly, I wanted you to just pick a song, but that's the song I would have picked if I was the one picking. 
Because I, I played that one too, and I fucking love it. So this nice. is gonna be awesome. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely ready. I'm definitely gonna cut the end short because the end of it's just really riffy. And uh, fuck yeah, I do it. <laughs> so it'll be a little, little bit shorter than normal. But anyway, so this Perfect. is called the uh, closing in. to wait it out Trying my best to come around Somehow I found the nerve today All of the comfort goes away Closing in, he feels the comfort closing in. 
He feels the comfort closing in. He feels the comfort closing in. He feels the comfort closing in. He feels the comfort closing in. He feels the closing in. Fuck yeah. <laughs> That's sort that of was works. awesome. That's sort of that works. worked perfect. <laughs> Classical progressive ending. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome, man. Thanks a lot. Well, thank you. All right. New album, self-titled, Some Dad. Check it out on Bandcamp. I'll post a, a link to it. And Awesome. Can't wait to see you guys play again. Awesome. Yeah, we can't wait to play again. And can't wait to see you again to hear some... Uh, Fuck you, David Usher stories. Yeah, I will tell you at least three more. Perfect. <laughs> awesome, man. Thanks a lot. Hey, no, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>